Welcome, everybody, to this second episode that I'm currently recording. It is three minutes before 6.30 on July 30th, 2022. It is a Saturday. I am Jamar Burke, the sophisticated black man, your friendly neighborhood black man. And the second episode, I feel like I haven't talked about this one. I mean, I've talked about something sort of similar to this i did talk about a dating episode if you guys can remember uh about two three months ago i do remember that one um but now this this topic is i'm gonna have to pull the mic a little bit closer um this topic It, it goes into coordinates, I guess, in conjunction with dating. Um, and it's just something that's somewhat become the norm in today's society. And it shouldn't, but it is. Um, and of course, I am referring to dating apps. That's right. Dating apps. Um, mainly kind of the big three dating apps. Um, Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble. Um, this episode, I guess it's just going to be a breakdown of how dating apps became established. Um, which, surprisingly enough. It didn't start in the 10s, 2010s. It actually started in the early 2000s when dating apps were a thing. Um, and just talk about how basically assisticized humans have become to really establishing a connection with somebody face to face rather than, or really establishing a connection with somebody through digitally and potentially meeting them in person rather than doing it the old-fashioned way where it's just a girl you know a person that you like you just walk up to them engage them in conversation without seeming so very to be very creepy um but nowadays that's it's completely different in in everything um and then i talk about my experience with dating apps and how i've just sworn off of them um, I met some cool people from dating apps, some friends that I'm still friends with from dating apps. But other than that, I've not really had any draw of luck with dating apps. And it's gotten annoying to the point. I don't predict this episode to be too long. Um, this probably might be my second or third shortest episode I've ever done. Um, which is probably a good thing because I'm still resting my you know, my larynx from the first episode of this doubleheader. Um, but yeah, well, let's get right into it um, for everyone. Um, so, of course, like I said earlier, dating, social dating apps didn't start originating in the 2010s. I mean, of course, they became, you know, very popular with coming in the mid-10s or late-10s as well. 
with the, the likes of Tinder. Um, now there was a little social social app called Kick um, that originated as kind of the bot creating app. Um, it's so fucking annoying. I remember having a Kick. You just get random spam messages from people claiming to be real girls or whatever. Like, hey, join, click on my kick profile, and it'd be some random spam shit. That was so annoying. Now, kick wasn't a dating app, but it was. It became kind of an originator of bots and how you know people from different walks of life just establish fake profiles of people. Um, and then that's kind of where it led to the Tinder swindler of somebody who's was real, but only for a certain thing. And that was for that moolah. Um, but of course, dating apps got their start really in the 2000s. Um, there was a little app called Plenty of Fish, little website called Plenty of Fish. Now, at the time, Plenty of Fish wasn't an application, at least a mobile application. It was a web-based application where somebody would just type in plentyoffish.com and it would search for single people in your area. You, of course, would set your own preferences, um, you know, miles, male, female, you know, that type of stuff. Kind of how modern dating apps today are set as. And that was the OG dating app that I can remember. It was Plenty of Fish. Um, a camp cancel that I worked for about a couple years ago. Um, she met her husband on Plenty of Fish. That was back in 2007. So that was a decade and a half ago. Um, and now Plenty of Fish is still around, but there are plenty of other dating apps that have, have popped up. And so, I guess the problem lies is that we're living in a society where technology has just become the forefront of literally everything. People cannot stay off of their phones. Um, and most of that is contributed to or from COVID. You know, people have lost a lot of their social socializing skills when the pandemic started. And... You know, we were forced to not be in person. We were forced to rely on technology for meetings, um, seeing loved ones, and all that sorts. But now, you know, we're, I wouldn't say we're on the tail end of this pandemic because there's another one right behind it. But, um, you know, it's, it's just wild because... People's social skills have completely declined in the past two years. And a lot of experts have seen that, you know, a lot of those COVID kids, um, not not the ones that were born during COVID, but a lot of kids, mainly high schoolers, a lot of teenagers um, that were born, that were finished high school during the, the peak of COVID, lost a lot of those social skills. And in context that contributes to their social and dating life because if you I guess if you were awkward which not no knock against people that were awkward when they were in high school but if you were awkward in high school the pandemic hit and now you're you know kind of suffice with how everything was going that your social skills are kind of going to be shit 
to be honest. Um, and that's where the problem lies now as well, is that um, you just, your social skills are shit. So now when it comes to talking to somebody of the opposite sex, now you, it, it, it's just very awkward for everyone around. So how do you fix that? Well, there, there are several ways to fix that. Um, mainly, put the phone down. Okay, when you're at when you're out at dinner or you know just at a random place, whether it's the bar, somewhere fun like a bowling alley, um, movie. Well, some people say it's weird to see a movie by yourself. Um, but I do it all the time because seeing a movie that I anticipated wanted to see um, by myself is just satisfying and eating dinner by myself too just kind of it makes it seem anti-social um, but sometimes you take a break from society so that's perfectly okay too um, so sometimes I do that now would I enjoy going to dinner or a movie Yes. With somebody else? Yes, absolutely. I would enjoy that. Whether it's my friends or, you know, a potential mate. I would I enjoy that. I enjoy company. So that's the thing there is put down the technology. Second of all, be be more active and engaging. Um socially. Because if you're not very socially active or you're just socially awkward, um and then your, I guess your ability. Now there are some people out there that they're like that. They're able to get somebody, but if your social skills aren't refined in some way, then it's it's going to be a little bit difficult for you to kind of adjust in places where, it's, you know, being social is required. And that includes being on dates. Um. And that's where dating apps come into play. Now, with the rise of smartphones and everything else, you know, that became a big boom in the late aughts, but now in the mid tens where everything exploded, social media exploded. Uh, I'm probably going to do an episode on social media here within a couple months um, because that shit is out of fucking control right now. And, you know, that gives social dating apps a landscape essentially um because most of the time when you're signing up for a dating app you link your social media to it because everybody judges looks based off of what does your instagram account look like what does your facebook look like what do your pictures look like all these preferences and such you're essentially judging based off of what you can see on a screen rather than judging what you can see in person in front of you because it is very easy to put you know certain activities or hobbies that you do and use fake pictures you know not everybody out there is a, a, a damn detective and can see through that so it's it's very easy for fake profiles to be created I mean, it, it happens, still happens all the time on dating apps. Um, Tinder is notorious for this, um, for just allowing bots to be created because there's no type of security around it. Um, and so 
people get false hopes of their match with this one person that seems ridiculously out of their league for them. And all of a sudden, you know, they're sent a spammy link and most people, if their social skills are not up to par, they click on that link and they say, oh, I got the Snapchat. So, you know, I must be, I must be good at what I'm doing. And then they click on it and it takes them to a website where they get their information. Tinder is notorious for that happening. Now, the other big two social dating apps, really, um, I'd say big two, big three, Bumble and Hinge are, are better at, I guess, security-wise, snuffing out bots and fake profiles, um, which says a lot about those two companies, um, because Bumble was started by a woman who, you know, thought instead of men making the first move, it's the women that should make the first move if they're interested in a man, because... You know, that that stereotype, that trope that men always should make the first move is, I don't know if it's chivalrous. I know a lot of women that I've talked, well, a lot of women I talked to, uh, some of the women I've been with and, you know, they, they want men to make that first move. I don't know if it's a, an assertion of dominance or because mainly women get tired of them making the first moves. But there's a dating app that was literally created by a woman who, when it comes to establishing a date, was tired of the man establishing it because maybe she had a bad experience. And so she created that app for women to make the move first if they're interested in somebody. And I think that's stellar. That's spectacular. Um, but now this is where dating apps kind of get out of hand is because if you go on the app store or anything, Google store, Google Play Store, whatever, whatever fucking phone you have. Um, there's so many apps out there. So many dating apps out there. It's ridiculous. Not only do you have Tinder, Hinge, and Bumble, the big three, but you still have plenty of fish. All right. There have been several, there's multiple copycats of dating apps that use the same UI as the big three, but they are more spammy, more body. Um, they just overall aren't great. Um, I think there was uh, there's there was a couple black social dating apps that were not really carbon copies of Tinder, but the concept was the same. You know, swipe or swipe right. If you like this person, swipe left. If you don't like this person, and that's as as a society we use to judge how we see somebody that we've never met before is based off of the looks or based off of their hobbies or stuff like this instead of the old-fashioned way it was like if you like that person if you think that person is cute or whatever you usually in a cordial and friendly manner introduce yourself to them not mm, let me swipe right on this person i'm mm, high requirement and i'm swiping left and mm, swiping left Ooh, i like this one swiping right you're basing it off of looks most of the time when people swipe it's they're basing it off of looks um and so that's that's the the first stage of social dating apps got to get past. So you're swiping right or left on a potential partner. Now the hard part comes in is actually meeting that person. Now again, it goes back to the bots perspective is that there are a lot of fake profiles out there on these dating apps. So 
you either are meeting the actual person that you're you match with or you're getting fucking catfished and i'd say seven out of ten times you're fucking getting catfished the reason the show catfish was made was because nev you know they he experienced that in some sort of way that's literally what the original catfish movie was about was that so you know you know that seven percent that you're gonna meet somebody is a catfish or they're sending you some type of spammy link and whatnot but nonetheless it's a fucking catfish um and then the other three times it's just human nature you know if you like this person you'll keep seeing them if you don't like this person well that's that tinder has also become the hookup app i can't tell you how many times that you know people have used tinder to, to you know to, to fuck <clears throat> i mean i wouldn't say there's nothing wrong with it because there's obviously a big problem with it that you're not really satisfying I mean, you're satisfying your carnal need to just fuck, but any other type of need, you're like an emotional need, that's not being settled. Um, establishing a connection, that's not being settled. So it's just so a lot of those dating apps are set up to either catfish you, spam you, or if you find it good, just to find something, just find something to fuck. Um, and you shouldn't really look at it that way. Um, again, some of those dating apps can be honest. Now, I'm not saying you won't meet the love of your life on your dating app, but I'd say you have a higher chance, maybe, if your social skills are great to meet somebody just the old fashioned way, going out somewhere social with your friends or whatever. And if it's a girl you, you like, you know, nowadays you can just simply get their phone number or their Snapchat seems to be the go-to if, you know, you want to take somebody on a date and just kind of do that way. See if you two vibe, you know, if you do, then you go on an actual date, you know, um, men be chivalrous. Even if the, the lady's like, oh, man, you don't have to pay for it. Be chivalrous. Now, fellas. If you meet somebody that's willing to pay to do pay for one thing while you pay for another on a date, you better fucking marry her right then and there. Um, because I think that's a lot of what people are shifting to now is that, oh, oh my gosh, he paid for dinner last night and didn't pay for everything. Or, wow, he's a broke ass. He's a broke ass fucker. You know, he didn't pay for shit. He made me pay for everything. Some women are actually OK with that. They're OK with that mindset of wow he didn't pay for shit so he's not gonna get shit and then there's some women that are okay with okay i don't mind paying for this date you know but then again that that hurts some men's ego for, you know i'll talk about it personally for me in the next segment but that's something new that it's the roles are reversing where the man usually pays for everything the woman does or now because we live in an economy that's in a not really in a recession inflation's at an all-time high but where splitting everything down the middle is the best thing to do compared to one person paying for everything because we got to survive in this economy we got to save money somehow 
um and that to me is 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 the better thing now that's only if you want to split everything down the middle for first few dates that's fine um and even as you get into the couple stage and you're together for a while hey perfectly fine too you know um but then as you get more mature if that system still works for you perfectly fine but now you guys have been more mature you guys have kids so now it's like oh somebody has to pay for all this shit and it's perfectly fine um but dating apps are starting to become the bane in a lot of people's lives um you know tinder swindler came out earlier this year uh i still remain pissed off from that movie um documentary because some of them women and they weren't even now they weren't american women but regardless of your nationality if you're dumb enough to send a random man that you encounter with okay fifty thousand fucking dollars for a fake ass story you deserve to be swindled okay the number one rule when it comes to stuff like that is never give out any type of personal information don't give out your social banking account statements none of that shit that is the golden rule when it comes to online stuff is you never ever give out shit like that and the multiple women involved in that documentary did not learn their lesson well they did but they're they were in debt and didn't get their money back and the guy that basically became famous off of his infamous you know dealings he's back on tinder and he's basically doing the same shit it's because tinder who own whoever owns tinder does not have or care about proper security compared to these other dating apps and i think that is perfect you know purposefully done because fucking cares it's tinder they're making money yeah people are desperate enough to pay for you know platinum and gold status because they they really they desperately need that want to have that interaction with somebody desperately that they're willing to shell out money for it and not just tinder it's all dating apps and you know it kind of sucks it's a little it's a little bit shitty i'm not gonna be honest i'm not gonna be honest um but again nowadays humans would do anything for that type of interaction with other human beings so um we're gonna take our first commercial break first ad break of this episode when we come back i'm gonna talk about my experience with dating apps and how i've completely waned off of dating apps um and i'll because my social skills are impeccable i'm a people person i will just go back to the old-fashioned way of if i find somebody that i like that's you know has some good qualities about them i'll just approach them in a friendly manner friendly manner and how that's backfired to me on several times but we'll talk about that in the next segment so stay tuned and welcome back from hearing my newly upgraded seductive voice as i'm looking out right now outside my apartment window i'm recording this in my living room by the way uh it's drizzling a little bit it's a little bit raining um it was hot throughout most of the afternoon but now it is it's starting to rain a little bit, which is much needed here in South Carolina. So, now, next segment. This segment is talking about my experience with pets, mainly doggos. Um, 
and talking about what I want future-wise in terms of, you know, pets. I would like pets. I enjoy pets. Um, I am a pet person. I love animals for the most part. Now, when it comes to insects, that's a totally different story. Um, some insects deserve to die, and I've learned that some have their instincts. You know, some do serve a purpose on Earth of what they should do, and some don't. Just like I know from experience that a king snake or a rat snake is a non-venomous snake, and its purpose is to literally eat rats and other snake because some other snakes, such as you know, copperheads can fuck your shit up if they bite you and you don't get certain anti-venom in time because copperheads are poisonous as fuck. Oh, now it's really coming down, ladies and gentlemen. So, <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, I love all types of pets. Um, growing up, of course, I very faintly remember my, my family, my mom and dad, we owned a dog. We had a black lab because I remember seeing him, playing with him a little bit. Um, and then it ran away. Now, mind you, where I was living at the time, um, it was bound to happen because my my old house, which is where my mom and my brother currently stay, there weren't really any fences other than one that kind of separates the backyard and the front yard. Our front yard wasn't big our front yard just pointed out to the highway most of you guys can probably you know take a conclusion from there what happened and um yeah i say he got lost he, he probably got hit by a car i hate hate the person bubbles out there um so but i remember he was a black lab um i do remember he was a black lab now, the stigma that I was referring to earlier, okay, is that black people can only own usually one or two breeds of dogs. Just one or two. And it's usually a pit bull, which isn't really a breed, mind you. It's it's a mixture of other breeds. Okay. It could be a American Stafford Terrier, um, a bulldog, a boxer. A pit bull is not a breed, okay? It's just a mixture of all different types of breeds that it shares similarities with. Mainly the American Stratford Terrier, okay? That it's what it closely resembles is that. It's a Stratford Terrier. Pit bull isn't its own breed, people. But, you know, Hollywood, music videos, video, well, some video games. Not a lot of, not all video games, actually, but Rottweilers are definitely associated with black culture because those are seen as the aggressive dogs like a rottweiler and a pit bull are seen as aggressive dogs according to media at least when it, in terms of black culture and to me that doesn't it doesn't make a, a, monochrom, a monochrom of sense because any dog can be aggressive you know it doesn't have to be a pit bull American Stafford Terrier, a Rottweiler. It could be a German Shepherd. It could be a Golden Retriever. It could be a Golden Labrador. 
or a Labrador Labrador Retriever, which have known to be some of the most aggressive breeds, especially a Lab Retriever. Not making this up. It's literally science. Um, Huskies, Siberian Huskies, especially. I know one. She's an aggressive bitch, but she's also old. Uh, and so the stigma that Rottweilers and pit bulls fit the black culture where black culture well because they're seen as aggressive dogs when some pit bulls that i've interacted with are some of the nicest fucking dogs i've ever met you know rottweilers if you ever seen them as puppies you would be like there's no fucking way now of course it's all up to how they're raised how they're trained and the type of owner that they have that determines their aggressiveness some breeds are naturally aggressive but again that can be maintained properly with proper training with literally everything in life but to say that pit bulls rottweilers and dobermans i know a guy shout out to kyle roy who owns he owns several dobermans dobermans are some of the some of the most uh, i guess protective dogs by nature but if they're trained properly, they're perfectly fine. That's the thing people don't get. It's all about training when it comes to pets and dogs in general. Um, so the stigma that black people can only own pit bulls and Rottweilers because they're aggressive is a bunch of bullshit. I've seen plenty of black couples that had golden doodles. How they afforded golden doodles, I don't know. To me, golden doodles, any type of doodle, really. I don't know much purpose of doodles, the doodle breed, whether it's a golden doodle or regular doodle. I don't know the purpose of that breed, but would I ever own one? Absolutely not. I, th I think of a golden doodle as kind of a Gucci dog. It, they're expensive to maintain and upkeep. They're kind of like that Ferrari that you have. It's nice to have, but it's a lot to maintain and upkeep. You know, you can't drive a Ferrari like it's an everyday car because Ferrari products are expensive. You ever try to get an oil change on a Ferrari? It's expensive. Spark plugs on a Ferrari? Expensive. Even a Lamborghini, a Rolls Royce, any luxury type of car. It's going to be expensive to, you know, maintain and upkeep. So I will always go for the American standard. Um, you know, Golden Retriever, it's a great dog to have. Smart, one of the smartest dog breeds out there. Um, can be trained to be, you know, a protector, but also lovable at the same time. That's the, I'd say that's the majority of dog breeds. They can be trained, proper training. They can be trained to be great, you know, protectors, but also know, you know, maintain personal boundaries. Same for, um, you know, Dobermans, German Shepherds, Australian Shepherds, um, Australian Cattle Shepherds. I'm trying to think of so many off the top of my head right now. Um, you know, a lot, especially a lot of those dogs that were bred for herding can be 
trained right domestically to you know coincide with humanity it's just all about the proper training now of course there's some dog breeds that are well they're made perfectly for humanity that are made perfect for man y'all know which ones i'm about to fucking talk about if you don't well get your big boy pants on get your bite suit on because let me tell you about the dog breeds that i myself would i want to own one day i will own them are english bulldogs if you've seen them fuckers as puppies you will definitely understand why i'm saying english bulldogs not the frenchy ones all right some frenchy bulldogs can be little shits okay i'm talking about english fucking bulldogs the slobbery sons of guns so cute okay they're some of the cutest damn puppies ever um and then once they get to their full size some are goofy looking some have that underbite and they're just so fucking cute you you know weight's an issue thing they're not they're not built to live long but some have lived their life expect lived longer than their life expectancy age you know and that's just the thing corgis now corgis can also be little shits um but there are two types of corgis there's a pemberton kind and then there's a welsh kind welsh kind the welsh kind is the one i'm referring to that are fucking cute um shout out to jethro and i forgot the other fuck (laughs) i forgot the other um corgi's name that uh that Donna Bullock has as her as her two dogs, but Jethro, that fuck, I love that. I love that guy. I, if that man had kids, I would immediately ask Donna for one of his puppies, and he would be my fucking dog forever. Um, because I'm a dog person. Spoilers, ladies. Sorry, I know there's some of you cat ladies out there. Cat, you know, forever cat ladies. Please don't be upset that I called you forever cat ladies. But I'm a dog man. Now, that doesn't mean I hate cats, but I just prefer dogs over cats. Um, and I, I had a joke that I was going to say there, but I'm going to, I mean, I've cursed a little bit this episode, but let's, we'll, we'll keep it a little, <laughs> we'll keep it a little classy here. I'll avoid that joke for another day. Um, but I, I, I like dogs. Um, I'll tell you the dogs that I would either like to own in the future here. Um... I would like to have, obviously, an English Bulldog, okay? My, I guess, my way of things is that I like to be low-maintenance, and I want my dog to be low-maintenance, but I also, whenever I want to be active, I want them to be active. So I need that type of breed, and there are several breeds out there that are low-maintenance and can be active whenever you're active, and a Bulldog is one of them. Um, so I want to get a Bulldog. Um... For a while, I did want a type of shepherd. Whether it's German, Austrian, um, Australian, um, and that sorts. But now I kind of more moved away from them because they require a lot of high maintenance, um, such like that. So definitely an English bulldog. Um, what was I going to say? A corgi, a Welsh corgi, not a Pemberton, a Welsh. Although the Pemberton ones do look cute as fuck too. So a corgi in general, I don't give a damn. A Rottweiler, again, referring back to how Rottweiler puppies look. Some of the fucking cutest puppies on this planet, I swear to God. 
um, Great Danes or a Bull Mastiff. Now, you obviously have to have a some sort of large dog at some point in your life, right? And for me, that's either a Great Dane or a Bull Mastiff. Now, both of those dogs have very short life expectancies because there's a lot of illnesses and diseases that come with those two breeds. It's because that's a large cattle breed. You know, they were made to either hunt or herd cattle. You know, they were made to do some type of work. And then once they've done the work, then that was the end of it. So, again, that's that could be a... You know, a low maintenance, um, possibly high energy type of dog. And I'd be okay with that because as long as I can domesticate them properly to be around kids and such, then it won't be a problem. So that's why having a great day in our bull mastiff is positive for me. Now that's, that's the dog wise cat wise. I mean, if my wife, um, whomever wants to have a cat, that's them. Um, again, cats have a sort of self-maintenance so they can do whatever the fuck they want. Um, as long as it's not a little shit, I don't have a problem with them. Um, and that's to say not only just with cats, but with dogs, birds, um, thunder, mouse, meese, mices, rats, um, and horses. Because every animal can be a little shit at one point or another. And that's perfectly a-okay. Now... I can't, I don't want to spend too much time on this subject or this segment talking about, so I might wrap it up here a little bit. I know I'm going to wrap up a segment where I'm talking less than 20 minutes about, I mean, it's animals, it's pets. So let's talk about it really. Um, but horses, I enjoy horses too. I had an, I had an ex that I, I used to kid with her that enjoyed cleaning horse penises and I'd always joke her about her with that. But now I understand. I myself, I'm never touching horses, horses cock or their vagina. I will hire somebody to do that. Um, horse breeds, I don't particularly know a, a lot about the horse breeds. I think I know a wild horse has several different breeds, like a must, a wild Mustang. Um, I do know a fucking Clydesdale. Now, a Clydesdale is one that I absolutely would love to have. You're probably thinking, what the fuck would you do with a Clydesdale? First of all, those things are at least, at least, eight feet tall. So you trying to mount an eight-foot fucking Clydesdale is a task in and of its own. Secondly, the upkeep and maintenance for those horses costs more than a lot of mortgages. Here's my thinking. I don't care, Okay. By the time I would own said Clydesdale, okay, this is my thinking, I'll be on a fucking ranch or something. Or if I have neighbors, settle disputes that way. That Clydesdale now becomes my war horse. So if there's shit that I have to settle, guess what? Bring out the Clydesdale, okay? And third of all, their life expectancy and their purpose, it's not really known. We know Clydesdales as being, you know, the Budweiser Clydesdales. And then after that, they're sent away to some retirement home or something. So their purpose of Clydesdales is up for debate. But as long as they're having a good life and they're being maintained properly, I don't mind. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's as far as looking at future animals. Um, 
what I would want to have, what I would like to have. Um, and if my wife slash fiance slash girlfriend in the future disagrees with that, guess what? I will 95% of the time choose the animals over you. So take that how you would like to take it. Um, well, this is going to wrap up this segment, of course, of this this part I guess not part one, one of two doubleheader episode talking about animals or pets. I haven't thought of the title yet, but I will. Um, it's just kind of transitioning, you know, doing that. So, of course, it's one more ad sponsored break from Anchor by Podcast by <laughs> Anchor by Podcast, Anchor by Spotify. And after that, of course, it'll be the wrap up. So stay tuned. And welcome back to the wrap up. Of course, we're wrapping up this second episode of this doubleheader, uh, which I will edit probably today, which is now Sunday by the time I'm recording this wrap up. Um, Yeah, finishing up about dating apps and how just (laughs) they become so pointless now. and so integrated with today's society that people don't know how to socialize normally anymore. We use it through our phones because that's what we become, I guess, indoctrinated with is our cellular devices and computers, laptops and everything. Basically disconnecting ourselves from the real world, not having any other social skills. Except when it comes to gaming, that's that's a little different. But nonetheless, dating apps contribute to more social awkwardness than anything. And if you're looking to smash, there's other ways of doing it. You know, some might take longer than, say, Tinder, but at least it's natural. At least you know who you're potentially fucking. So... This was a shorter episode, like I said, but I'm glad to be back recording these episodes with brand new equipment, still using my Surface Pro, but it's fine because now I have a top of the line studio premiere recording microphone and headphones so I can be able to hear myself and I'm glad you guys be able to listen to it. Um, next week is the start of the most wonderful time of the year. That's right. It's football season, ladies and gentlemen. With that being said, may do trying to do an episode with, again, my <clears throat> main host, my co-host of the Blood, Sweat, Hennessy Fantasy Football Podcast, Poe Diddley, <clears throat> to get finish up our conversation we had last year about teach in education and now we're going to finish that second part but this time focus on the outside of the classroom aspect the coaching aspect how to connect with kids in that way um and then after that we're going to get into even more topics and then before you know it it's the start of the season and we'll get the blood sweat and hennessy season two rolling 
for the 2022 fantasy football season. So it's definitely going to be legit. It's going to be lit, litty, titty. But for that, of course, I am Jamar Burke, your friendly neighborhood black man, and the the sophisticated black man. As I always say, I'll see you when I see you. Peace.